Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another amazing episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we have another exciting and amazing guest, and that's Claire Sporton from Confirmant, and I'll tell you more about her in just a minute because before we start, we have just a couple of quick announcements. If you have a story or you have a question that you'd like me to answer, please send it to me on any of the social media channels that you hang out on. We'll be looking for you. If there's a way to use the hashtag AskShep, please do, and I'll either answer the questions right then and there. I might put them on the show. You never know, but I promise you, I will answer your question. And don't forget about my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. It's actually not that new. We're now into season two. And season one and all of the episodes, for that matter, can be found on Amazon and Apple TV, Roku, and many other places where you can watch TV shows. Uh, we're working on getting it on Netflix. I'm not promising you it's going to be there, but we have the full season. And by the way, that was a great season. <laughs> we always have informative segments, and I hope you join us on Be Amazing or Go Home. All right, time to get into our amazing interview today, and that is with Claire Sporton. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the Senior Vice President of Customer Experience Innovation, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today is customer experience and innovation, and she is with Confirmant. And I'm going to let her tell us more about what Confirmant does. But just so you know, we are, we, I love this because sometimes we talk to authors who are experts who've done research, and then other times we get to talk with amazing executives and people that are literally what I call in the trenches, doing this day in and day out, living it day in and day out. And that's why Claire is here. Claire, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Chef. It's great to be here. Well, you can tell I'm excited, <laughs> but I'm always excited. Yay. Yeah. So, you know, the number one reason, I don't know if I've ever shared this with anybody on the show. I've talked about it here, uh, but the number one reason I do this show, as much as I want people to learn, I get to learn. Call it a selfish thing, but I get to spend a half an hour with you. Oh my goodness. Don't this, set any expectations. This, oh, this is great. So first of all, give us some background on Confirmant. Okay, so what Confirmant does is that um, we provide uh, the technology and services to enable people to capture insights into their business from their customers, from their employees and other stakeholders. We've got um, some really clever AI and an analytics so we can understand what the issues are. And then finally, the third part is very much about helping organizations drive change so that we can help not only understand what they need to do differently, but ensure that that change is driven through. Right. So getting the insights is one thing. Right. And then doing something with them is another. It absolutely is. And capturing insights in itself is not good enough. Um, mm. And I think that's the kind of um, byline for Confirm It really, is that we want to make sure that we are actually starting to drive some change, not simply capturing those insights. Right, because data without uh, action is a total waste of time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, it's probably really important to get the right data too. That's, that's a very big piece of it because I think that's what makes uh, chief experience officers or marketing executives really mm. good is when they say, we don't need all of this. We really only need, you know, whatever these core pieces of information are. 
So let's not muddy the waters. Right. Absolutely. Yep. You know, it's all about making better business decisions, isn't it? Yep. And so, you know, you don't want to be inundated with data. We've all got far too much data nowadays. It's actually being able to pull out, you know, the key pieces of insights that are going to help me make the decision that I need to make now. Yeah. So then that brings me to an interesting uh, definition of big data, because right. years ago, when big data was becoming really popular to talk about, and I think yeah. today we talk about, I, I started to, to say, what about micro data specific to an individual customer? Right. Uh, yeah. But big data, the definition was really so much data that it's too big. And, you know, that's why this whole idea of which data is really important. What do you need to capture to really make a difference? There's, there's a lot of information you can capture that makes no difference and just takes up a lot of time of people doing analytics on something that really isn't important. And, and that's, you're right, it's, the, it's getting that balance between the macro and the micro, because we all want that extreme personalization. And, you know, it's becoming a given, isn't it, that yeah. you receive a personalized experience. So our expectations as consumers is that the organizations that we work with know us and, and know what we want. And um, so it's not good enough anymore to continually ask those questions, you know, the stuff that we should know. Mm -hmm. But you're right, you know, most of us have just got too much data. So it's that ability, you know, everybody talks about the data lake, don't they? And we've got this data lake full of big data. How do we fish the big data lake? How do we pull out the pieces of information, the pieces of insights that are going to help us in our job today to do a better job? Well, well said. Can we get just for just take like, I know it's your entire life, but 30 seconds, maybe 40, just a little background. Like where did we know you, we can tell where you live. Okay. You're in London right now. Okay. Uh, Cause we see, we hear the accent, but what's your background? How did you get into this? Right. So I've been a customer experience practitioner um, for many, many years. So um, over 20 years, um, I've been a CX practitioner working in this space. And um, before that though, um, I, I trained as a psychologist. And so I'm very interested in how you can drive behavioral change and how we can actually support people um, to do their day-to-day -day job better. So very much from an angle of organizational change and, you know, behavioral change. But yeah, um, CX has been my life. Customer experience has been my life for over 20 years now. Wow. Wow. Well, I'll make you feel young. It's been part of my life. Uh, since 1983. So let's do the math. Now that's 37 years this year. I'll have a 37 year anniversary in business. Wow. Yeah. You know, I don't look old. I don't look old. I mean, I don't look that old. Okay. I am that old. I'm going to say I'm bald. <laughs> bald guys don't look old till one day they do. You know, it's like they're, you can't tell they have gray hair and it's very cool to be bald, bald right now. You know, you do the whole, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's been that way. Let's let's jump into this. Uh, Got to know, there's a shocking stat, if you will, uh, <laughs> that you shared. And this really does surprise me. And here's here's the stat. And I want you to, to give me your comment on it. And by the way, this was data or data that was that uh, came at, from your report that the right. you, you went out and you interviewed what 800 plus customer experience professionals. That's right within what types of businesses, big, small, or a mixture of? 
a, a, a big mixture um, across um, most um, industries um, and sizes of organisation, kind of mid to large um, organisations. So not your SME type, but, but mm-hmm. larger than that and globally. Right. So, globally. So here's the thing. We have been told for years by Forrester, Gartner, McKinsey, all of these great research companies, Bain, that you know, there's a huge investment in customer experience, that people right. are just plowing money into it. Here is your finding. This is the shocking stat. Only 16% of organizations expect a significant increase in investment next year, and that would be the year we're in right now, 2020. Correct. Yes. So if, if customer experience is so important, help me here. Riddle me this, Batman or Batwoman. <laughs> But that, that's the point, isn't it? You know, you've hit the nail on the head, Chet. If this is so important, if customer experience is really delivering business value to our organizations, why on earth are organizations not throwing money at us? Um, and, you know, we're seeing huge increases in our budgets um, for next year. And that number, not only is it, you know, it's shockingly small. I think it is really shockingly small, but it's down on the year before. So this is research that we do every yeah. year. Last uh, two years ago, it was 22 percent. And now it's down. Okay. Down. Yeah. And this right. is in this to add to that, 84 percent of businesses are considered followers or laggards in this trend to uh, focus right. more on customer experience. Right. It just, I mean, I'll put it in the vernacular, it freaking blows my mind because this is what I study. And and we have, I just completed a, a major study of over, and this is more consumer-based, but more than a thousand consumers, well over half and virtually all, um, you know, boomers, millennials, and everyone in between have said, hey, we're going to spend more money with a company that takes care of us better. Right. A company that we trust. Mm. I think that's something that I've been really looking at in the in the last year or so as well. Is that consumers? But it's not just consumers. It's human beings being yep. working B two B or um, in the B two C space. You know, they want to do business with organisations that they trust, that they feel have got you know similar values, mm-hmm. that they feel like a level of engagement. And we confirm it. We've been talking about that. You know, we're seeing a shift into. We're even calling it the age of trust. The age of trust. And that is, and we're, I love that. When we come back after a quick break, uh, I would like to talk to you about trust and maybe what are some of the things that your clients that you see without mentioning names, you see them doing or what you're helping your clients do to create that trust. We are talking with Claire Sporton. She is the Senior Vice President of Customer Experience Innovation for Confirmant. This is an amazing interview. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I have a revised and updated version of the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, will come out on March 17th, 2020. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a better customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. Pre-order the book before March 17th to receive the ebook for free right away along with another special gift. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com today to order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists, the cult 
of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back with Claire Sporton. We, we ended the first part of our show talking about uh, trust and the age of trust. Right. Just let's, let's put a nice bow on it. What <laughs> do we need to do to deliver uh, an experience that creates trust? What really excites me as a, as a customer experience practitioner is that, you know, it, it, it is a given. God almighty, we all want to work and um, do business with organizations that we trust. But what's our job from a customer experience perspective? And if you think about it, you know, trust is all about doing what you say you are going to do. Mm. It's all about kind of expectation setting. You know, so tell people what you're going to do and then make absolutely sure that you nail it. You deliver exactly as expected. Then we can get into the level of amazing and wowing and really kind of doing something over and above. But to start off with, if you want to build trust, it's about meeting those expectations day in, day out, across all of the touch points and all of your channels. Right. So, so the, yeah, there's a word I use. The word is always. Right. Yeah. So it's, a, it's right. a consistency thing. A consistent and predictable experience that customers can count on is yeah. it starts out as I have confidence and that turns into trust. And then companies will say things like, well, they always do what they say they'll do. Uh, exactly. Customers will say about the companies, they'll always, right. they're always knowledgeable when I call. They're right. always so supportive. Even when there's a problem, I know I can always count on them. The word always followed by something positive yes. is, is what earns trust over time. Yeah. And again, it's the consistent and predictable experience. I have a new book coming out, and I know that our, our friends who've been listening, our, our listeners, our fans, if we will, uh, just heard a commercial. It's actually a remake of an old book called The Cult of the Customer. And in the cult of the customer, we talk about there's five phases or cults that because culture cult get it mm -hmm. you know we have yeah. fun with that word. There's the, but the fourth phase is ownership. Well, actually, the third phase is to experience it, and the fourth phase is ownership, and that's when it becomes predictable, yeah. so that I know it's going to happen every time. Yeah. And if it's a better than average experience and it's owned, then it moves into amazement. By the way, right. sometimes it's predictable. I know whenever I call, I'm going to have to be on hold. That is not amazing, okay? <laughs> it is predictable, okay? yeah. but it's not what's going to build. Uh, well, you trust the companies are always going to let you down. <laughs> and who wants to do business with someone like that? We don't want to be in that space. We don't want to be in that space. All right. So, so let's move on. There is uh, this concept about the 16%. I want to go back to the shocking stat. Oh, and yeah. the, the reason, and this is my take, is that they're not getting a return on investment. And, and that's, that's why uh, when you've got your CX professionals out there, your customer experience professionals, helping to drive and create a better experience for companies, yeah. Uh, they're saying, hey, I need more money to do this, and they're not getting it. And that's because it's the return on investment. And actually, I saw a great ROX, return yeah. on experience. Right. Yeah. And, and the companies are seeing, if you want to get an increase, and you want to be in that 16%, and I want to ask you about this, mm -hmm. you've got to do something that makes the leadership, the C-suite, whomever say, I'm willing to give you more money. Exactly. And yeah, you've hit the nail on the head around, we've got to demonstrate the ROI. 
you know, it's, it's not good enough um, to just say, hey, this is, this is the right thing to do um, and I want investment. We've got to have the business acumen to be talking in terms that our organisation understands. So rather than using our lovely CX, potentially fluffy metrics that we all love. Such we- as? such as ease of doing business, net promoter, customer satisfaction, all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know any exec that wakes up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat going, oh my goodness, I wonder what my net promoter score is. It just doesn't happen. But they are likely to wake up and go, you know, am I going to hit my financial targets? Are we going to be able to hit our operational targets? So I want to, is there a correlation? And I believe there is, but I want to hear your take on it. If we have a good net promoter score, a good customer satisfaction score, a good, you know, ease of doing business or any other metric you look, if we looked at our benchmark, let's say a year ago, and we've been able to move the needle. Yeah. What moving the needle isn't the only thing that has to happen. And when I say moving the needle, we're going to go from, let's say, an NPS of an NPS score of, we went from 50 to 65. Right. And I think the, what you're saying is the executive's going, so what? Exactly. It doesn't matter. Tell me what this means to my bottom line. Right. He yeah. or she. I shouldn't say he. And, yeah. And- and the bit for me is that, you know, we, and then the, the customer experience um, profession has got ourselves all tied up in knots, proving, you know, building the models that say a 1% improvement in customer satisfaction or net promoter or whatever it is, results in X percent on the bottom line. But again, it's, it's not tangible for the exec. You know, you're going to go, okay, you know, 1% improvement is worth, you know, $30 million on the bottom line. Right, really? It's, it, I can't, I, it's not tangible yeah. enough. I well, those, those stats, and by the way, the first one that I ever read probably was in the 1990s from Bain and Company, uh, Fred Reichelt's Loyalty Effect book. Yeah. Great yeah. book. And he talked about a 1% increase in customer loyalty means X amount of dollars. Right. And I'm thinking, wow, if I can get a one, but my business is not a business that rolls with those numbers, you know, and so that's an average. Well, what does a 1% increase do? We have to prove it. So how do we do that? So I think we need to turn it on its head and we've got to stop doing this kind of top down looking um, at the value of a 1% improvement. Let's actually just turn it into real tangible initiatives, stuff that we've done. And the numbers are going to be a lot smaller, but people will be able to relate to them. So for example, if we are able to reduce the number of complaints, particularly if you're in a regulated environment, you know, there is a cost to serve reduction that we can absolutely nail. We have reduced the number of, one of our clients did this and they kind of said, you know, we reduced the number of of serious complaints by 13%. Now, let's not even think about the reputational value of that reduction just in the cost to serve of those that 13% reduction, they were able to say, we've saved X hundred thousand um, dollars, right, could we have a percentage of that to invest in some other improvement initiatives? So Boom, get that something big, that's really this is simple. huge. Yeah, this is huge. And let me, let me explain why. Most people are looking at that score when they wanna move right. and bump up their numbers to be, you know, to get a higher score, they're thinking it's going to drive better sales. And sometimes it does. Okay. I believe if a customer is willing to come back because the score is higher, you're going to get more from that customer. 
in business. Okay. It's easier to get a, a repeat customer to come back than a brand new customer to walk through the door. But you've just hit the idea of let's look at the operational side. And I think right. most companies, most people don't look at that side and they need to be yeah. doing that. If, I re if I'm a large company, I reduce incoming calls, complaints, problems by 13%, yeah. Yeah. you know, gosh, that means my people don't have to waste time on things right. that we can solve. And I always ask my clients, you know, when we, we do some exercises and the question is, uh, can you tell me what your top three complaints or problems are that people call in about? And they go, oh, this is easy. And they give me these numbers. I go, okay, so what, what have you done to fix those? Why are they still calling in? You know, I get it. You might not be able to eliminate, but you can mitigate. You can drop it by 13%. What are we doing? You know, if, if the same stuff is happening over and over again, the same problems, bad ones. Why but can't we, can, we fix it? it you, you're right. And, it, and it's not just cost, though. It's, it's not just that cost to serve. You know, we can. If, if the most important thing, this is this piece around linking to your business strategy. If the most important piece for your organization is, let's think about a B2B, and it's all about reducing churn. Yeah, they want to hang on to their existing clients. From a customer experience, we can start predicting which clients are likely to churn at, at their um, contract renewal date mm -hmm. you know, from the feedback and the insights that we've captured. So we can put a value on the accounts that we've saved, that we're really unhappy, we've put stuff right, we've checked in with them again, and now they're happy. So we can put a number on that. Right. I think the key, the key pieces here is as, as customer experience and customer service um, practitioners is that we've got to get aligned to the business strategy overall. What's important to our execs? And then let's help them understand what we are going to be able to do to help them hit those targets. Exactly. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, much more to talk about from Claire Sporton, Senior Vice President of Customer Experience Innovation at Confirm It. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating, and we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more, so the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, Claire, from the UK, uh, the Beatles. And by the way, I oh. listen to the Beatles channel on Sirius XM like every time I'm in the car. Oh, I, I love the Beatles. And love what, on our break, you use the word revolution. So you yeah. say you want a revolution. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about what you, that revolution that you think is happening or needs to happen in the customer experience world. Right. And, you know, it's great to come back to that song, actually, because, you know, it's about, you know, you, is it evolution or is it revolution? And um, what do you need? Um, and, you know, it's funny, actually, I did a, a whole conference presentation about the, um, the Beatles and, and how they evolved and they, how they had revolution throughout their career. And I think that's the piece from a customer experience perspective. 
You know, there are times when we need to evolve our programs, you know, grow them, you know, expand them across the business, expand them across the customer experience and um, journey, um, et cetera, et cetera. But there are times when we just need to stop and we need to start thinking differently. And I think 2020 for me is a time when we really need to start thinking differently about customer experience. And, you know, and what's going to change differently? So what, what's going to be different? What we've got to do is that I believe we have to roll our sleeves up as customer experience practitioners, as customer experience leaders you know, across the globe. We absolutely need to have the analytics in place. We've got to make sure that the advice that we're giving to the business is robust and valid. So let's take that as a given, yeah, that the analytics are there. We now need to get out into the business, not only influence and you know, use storytelling techniques and get people really motivated to do stuff differently, but the, the final piece is that we need to make sure that we can execute, that we can help the organization start doing stuff differently. And to what we were talking about before the break, you know, that's what we, is going to ensure that we can deliver that ROI because we'll have change initiatives that we can point to and say, hey, look how we've improved the business. Mm -hmm. Look, here's how we've improved the bottom line. Now can we have more investment, please? Because this is how we're going to drive and build a sustainable business into the future. So all of this has been focused on CX, customer experience. Uh, a lot of the investment that is made is made in technology. Would you agree? Right. right. No, well, okay, I'm seeing in your eyes. By the way, I can see her eyes and you listening cannot see her eyes. She's squinting going, I don't know if that's... So, so okay, tell me where we're investing. So I think, you know, I work for a technology company, so why am I screwing my eyes up going, no, I don't want you to invest in technology. Te technology is really useful, really useful to help us kind of get insights out into the organization um, and to be able to start monitoring what we're doing. But we're not going to change the world by buying a new piece of kit. We're going to change the world by people, human beings doing stuff differently. I was hoping you would say that. And yeah. that's, that's where we've got to get, Shep. I, you know, technology has its face, but I think particularly at exec level, um, quite often it's the easy answer is to say, okay, we'll buy a, a new piece of technology and that's going to solve the problems. It's much more cultural. It's much more cultural. We've got to, we've got to enable, empower everybody in the organization to start making better business decisions. And that's not just the exec. We've got some appalling statistics that came out of the research last year um, around who is actually making decisions off the back of these insights. Um, and, you know, the number of execs who are making decisions is low enough. But when you get down to that, you know, middle managers and, you know, the, the true, true holy grail, which is to get to the front line and empowering them to make decisions, that's what differentiates leaders from laggards. There That's you go. You into that 16% who are going to get an increase in budget next year. Well said. And, you know, we could leave it there, but we aren't. We're going to ask you one more question. The one thing question, and that's the one thing you want this audience to walk away with. Maybe it's a new nugget of information you'd like to share with us, or do you want to emphasize something? It's up to you, but what's that one thing? 
well, let's think about the Beatles and being a bit of a stuck record. I think the one thing I would like to leave people with at the beginning of 2020 is think about your revolution, the revolution you need to drive in your organization and just try and deliver one change initiative with an ROI that you can link back to your program. Yeah. Then the rest of 2020 will be a breeze. Yeah, because when that leadership team sees, wow, they're doing it right. Look at the money we saved. Look at the money we made. Right. Look at the money we put to the bottom line. Let's give right. them a little something to do more of it. Yes. Let's create that revolution. <laughs> you know, I wish I was allowed at this point to have the, mu the music come in over the exit. But you know what? We're not allowed to do that unless we pay a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but Claire, you have been awesome. This is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. And uh, if you want to learn more about Confirmit, I assume you just go to confirmit.com. Confirmit.com or, yeah, Claire Sporton. Um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that kind of stuff. You can find me, you know, love to, love to have a conversation. Well, thank you. And, and I loved our conversation. Thanks for being on the show. And that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another amazing interview. And until then, remember, it's Shep Hyken here, reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>